and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. Thanks for joining us again. We're live in the 1.30 to uh, close to 2.30 Eastern hour on a Wednesday. And what do we call Wednesdays around here, Britt? What do we call them? Anything can happen day, Brad. No. no Come not, on, you that. know the word. It's a no-repeat Wednesday? What, what is it? No. I, don't, I forget. What is it? Oh, oh hump day. day. It's hump day. Yeah, it's on. always hump day. Come on. You know, we're halfway to the weekend. That's what I hear. Yeah. We're halfway to the Once weekend. Once you get over this hump, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, let me let me begin with, a, should I do uh, things I uh, uh, never promised to talk about, but I do anyway, Yeah. and I don't care that I talk about them, and it's not <laughs> that big of a deal that I do talk about them. Should we start with that, or should we, sure. should we end should we end there? Well, you've already teed. I mean, look, we shouldn't. We should deliver, man. We shouldn't just make anybody yeah. hold out for it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty great, pretty great stuff. Uh, well, we got done yesterday, which was Tuesday. Um, I went back through my email because, as you know, I'm pretty unprompted in looking at text messages and and email and stuff like that. So. Uh, Getting to something that was sent to me at nine in the morning at three in the afternoon. That's pretty good for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, here it was a do not reply from the local paper called the News and Record that's in Greensboro. And uh, it says, thank you for being a subscriber, Bradley. We know you have many options to receive news. We appreciate your loyalty. I'm thinking, wow, that's just nice. Out of nowhere, they're sending me a. Uh, attaboy, thanks for continuing to to pay way too much for home delivery of a newspaper physical that no one does anymore except for people like you, like me. And then they went through the great things that I get by getting a local paper delivered physically. I get breaking news as it happens. Well, no, I don't. If breaking news means if it happened uh, less than uh, 24 hours ago, it's not going to be okay. <laughs> thought-provoking editorials yeah. award-winning photography the latest food and dining reviews and, uh, on they go anyway beginning with your next payment your new recurring charge will be 32.89 a month 32.89 a month huh 32.89 a month jesus and at that point i stopped reading yeah and uh i got the phone number and yeah. I called and I said, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. Just for reference point. And, you know, I am kind of the cheapest guy, you know, <laughs> but I'm willing to pay for something that I think is yeah. is worthwhile. I am. Well, this is the second time you've done this, right? That you've called these no, people. This is the first time. This is the, this first, is the time. first time I've ever quit the paper. Ah. Now, yeah, I've been, I've been here since 1987. Yeah. We've always gotten the newspaper. So that would be, uh, according to my, and I'll, I'll need some artificial intel. I think that's 35 years. 35 years. Uh, the cost of home delivery of this newspaper went from $18 to $25 to now $33 in less than a year, almost doubling in a year. In one year. And, and that in and itself wouldn't be 
bad enough if it weren't for the fact that the product gets worse, it gets smaller, there's less local reportage. Last yeah. time a person did one of these obituary kind of stories about the newspaper itself, and there are several good ones out there, uh, they were down to six reporters, six local reporters. I thought you called them one time and they, they capitulated and said you can have the old rate back. They might have, but yeah. that was about, that was about three complaints ago. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not negotiating with them. I'm done. Um, and it's sad because this is obviously a, a strategy that they're using to make the paper shittier. They don't care that the paper gets shittier. There is less relevance to the paper that gets shittier. Less resources go into that paper to keep whatever alleged profit margin there is by whatever conglomerate called Lee Enterprises is trying to squeeze out of this publication. And they've made a calculation that by raising the price from 25 to, to 33 dollars is about a 30 some percent increase instantly they will not lose 30 percent of right that they, they think they have this figured out i think they jumped the shark on this one oh uh, yeah i don't see that that business model doesn't work yeah well you're you're making the product more expensive yeah. you're you're over promising you're under delivering and you're just forcing so i th that's it but being a good guy and believing in local journalism, and I do, I do buy into that. I do think it's important that a city of the size that we're in, a metro that we're in, should have a viable local newspaper. We don't. No. We almost have one. But I said, all right, I'll, I'll give you the 11 bucks a month for the uh, online subscription, which gets you, you know, gets you all the, you can look at it on a, on a screen. It's fine. But they lose, right? They're they're losing, you know, two thirds of the revenue out of me forever. But I guess they don't care because the plan is, and this is across the country. It's just a question of where you live. The plan is for all newspapers, except for maybe the very largest ones, the most, and to go online to stop with the production costs of printing and distributing and delivering newspapers that's it's yesterday's technology it's yesterday's idea newspaper physically today is just like the one from 1850 it's on a piece of paper and there's printed shit and they don't want to do that anymore i get that and i get that the advertising left the building years ago and it's never coming back and they have to make their revenue from subscriber fees but this is the limit that was the limit and i don't feel good about it no but at, at a certain point you know, you just become a schmuck. I, I, don't tell me that I became a schmuck a long time ago. I'm fully aware of that, Britt. Well, you tried to support it for the longest time. And mm -hmm. Well, I did. Where, where it was impossible. And I did. And I still am, but at a at a lower cost to me. And, well, I can't. Uh, I just don't. I, it's, it's hard for me to believe that the bean counters went through. Well, if we raise it to this, we're going to lose this many, but we'll still be making. I, I don't I don't get that at all. I don't think I think that calculation is completely. Well, Nuts. I, I believe the last uh, drill down article about this, I can't remember who wrote it, uh, said that the circulation, you know, 20 years ago of the, was about 
80,000 or so, and it's well below 40 and dropping. So there's not one number that is favorable to this newspaper business. There's a, so fewer people get it. The people who do get it are older and a less desirable demographic right. than you might hope for, for advertising in general, let alone all the advertising that left, like real estate and automobiles. Uh, so less people subscribe. There is less incentive for people to subscribe and the cost is greater. And I know the price of eggs is up too. Um, but I would submit to you that eggs are more of a necessity than the daily newspaper, which contains information available elsewhere and in a more timely fashion. It was nice. I'm sorry, but I had to do it. Now, uh, up until a few weeks ago, you might have come on and said, okay, Brad, you broke yourself of that pathetic habit of still getting a physical newspaper. Now leave the Bank of America. You've put up with them for now, I don't, but I don't feel bad about that at all because that's clearly, at this moment, a pretty good choice to be with one of the bigger banks. I wouldn't move my money to a smaller bank or a credit. I, wouldn't, I would never move it right now. It's the, it's the place to be. So It's the place to be? <laughs> it's the place to be, Bank of America? That's too big to fail, baby. I'm at a too big to fail. That's ridiculous. That's where you want to be. You want to be at a too big to fail. I'm, I'm going to be on that Yankees bandwagon before the first pitch this and I dare you to thank thank me otherwise. I'm not going to be able to get away from that. It's not a bandwagon. It's not oh, a bandwagon. get out of here. No, it's, it's much worse than a bandwagon. Actually, cheering for the Yankees makes way more sense than having your money in Bank of America. <laughs> the Yankees tried to rip you off a lot less. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Okay. Um, uh, getting to the root of the retweet. Uh-huh. Uh, Don's grand jury taking a break, but rest easy. All of you Trump derangement syndrome patients like Brit yeah. and me. Yeah. He ain't out of the shit yet. Don't even think for a second. Okay. Don't even... Dumbest Senator soundbite. Oh, boy. Of the day. And uh, there, there are lots of lots of competitors for this, but uh, this is a this is a pretty dumb one, I think. This is a pretty dumb one. Um, Judge Luddick speaks again. Oh boy! And uh, more guns, more safety. Welcome to North Carolina. Um, we should yeah, probably start do- with the soundbite because, as you know, you know, there's a forty percent chance of nothing happening. Yeah, let's do uh, that. Here you go. This is uh, CNN's Caitlin Collins with Senator Mike Rounds, R-O-U-N-D-S, who has what I believe you call standard North Carolina politician haircut, which very often masquerades as a hairpiece. But I'm not sure on this guy. Um, We'll let uh, Senator Rounds speak for himself here. Here we go. After the shooting in Nashville, President Biden called on Congress to pass an assault weapons ban again. Do you think that there should be action here in the wake of that shooting? I, look, I, I put myself in a position where I look at those those families and, and I see these things and I look at my colleagues up here and there isn't anybody here that if they could find the right approach, wouldn't try to do something because they feel that pain. And I guess the next slide would be, but we can't think of anything, so we're kind of going to do nothing. 
Right? I'm, I was just guessing. You know, when we start talking about bans or challenging on the Second Amendment, I think the things that have already been done have gone about as far as we're going to with. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> We've thought of everything. We've legislated here, there, and everywhere on this, and we've learned our lessons, and we've gone just about as far as we can go. Don't you think so, Britt? Don't you think yeah, so? That's all we can do. We did it all. Control. I do think there are some things that can be done, and let me just give you one example. It's one that we already started working on. We've already introduced legislation. We've got uh, about $500 million that we think over a five-year period of time that's already been allocated for putting in solar panels at schools. Oh, oh, so there is money available to do, quote unquote, the right thing. But of course, the liberal, yeah, the pussy progressive yeah, tree climate huggers. change wacko tree yeah. huggers have already stolen a, a half billion dollars for solar panels, and uh, I guess you have to go all the way back and blame Jimmy Carter, who put them on top of the White House. He started this, didn't he? He started the joke, started the whole world crying. And what happened when uh, Ronald Reagan got in? He ripped those fucking solar panels right off there. Because USA! 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 Uh, let Senator Round speak. Could we reallocate that back over a five-year period of time, provide grants back to the states, and allow them to go back in and help individual school districts to actually protect those those schools, make them uh, more difficult to get into? Ah, uh, yeah, the Ted Cruz Uvalde, Texas plan expanded. The problem is the doors were too yeah, easy no. to get. Remember that. What if we Remember have, that? what if we can, we, again, let's meet in the middle, solar-powered door locks or solar-powered uh, metal detectors. Can, can, we, can we meet in the middle on that, Senator Rounds? No. Well, no, because early in the morning, the sun might not be up on one side of the school. Oh, my God. And I'm, talking board, to, I'm talking to Donald Trump. When the wind doesn't blow, you can't watch television. That's exactly right. Solar panel. That was a nice try, bucko. <laughs> but it didn't work here. <laughs> Darling, I'd like to watch television. That was is that in the manifesto that this individual had published, they actually looked at other locations and decided this was the least safe in her location, and they walked away from some of the others. Maybe you know, as we take small steps, but more steps uh, to take care of our kids and to prevent these kinds of things. Maybe the next step should be how do we protect those most vulnerable in our society at a place where they should absolutely be safe. Okay, I'll give you uh, 20 seconds. Summarize what Senator Rounds proposed constructively. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Any, nothing. Uh, nothing. Yeah. yeah, nothing at all. And when you start to add up what you're hearing, from the Republican side this time around. You know what it comes to? It all comes to this is America. Acknowledge it. This is how we live. This is what we must put up with. And there is nothing we can do. There, that's their, not that's their bargain. That's, that's the bargain that they put up for you. And they want you to accept that you live in the greatest country in the world with great opportunities. But the trade-off for that is you might get shot at any moment in time when you go outside. And sometimes when you stay inside. And they think that that's a fair bargain that everybody should be down for. But I think I talked on the previous pod about, you know, when I'm in the gym at the, at the Planet Fitness. And it's, it's the most open, 
uh, situation you could ever imagine, right? It just, it yeah. really is. Uh, and I know you berate me. Yes. And you look down upon me as the yes. elitist that you are for shopping so frequently at Walmart. But I do. But I actually do think about when I walk in there. No, I've hey, done this. It's a Walmart. Look, I, it is I, a Walmart. And, and that's another favorite place for some oh, reason. I've for, been to um, open up. I go to a lot of I mean, I go to a lot of live music, probably more than a lot of yeah. people my age. And I've been in venues. I don't go to a lot of arenas and stuff, but I go to smaller clubs and stuff. And I've been in places with and I said to the person I'm with, if something happens, this is going to be where you go. You go over here and you crouch down or whatever. But I've, I've done that before. And that's sad, but that's apparently part of living in America, and that's what these guys are okay with. So you're you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to have a plan, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's ridiculous, and sometimes you don't. But sometimes, you know, I a lot of times I do look around in in an enclosed space and go, well, we could go over here, go behind the bar. There's a sound the soundboards over here. You can get behind the cabinet here. I mean, I think it's awful that we have to do that. I don't know how effective that would be, but it's better than having no plan, I guess. No, you got to. I mean, for all the years that we've all flown on airplanes, when they give the instructions, they always tell you to look around and figure out which is the closest exit. Yeah. And, you know, we always ignore it. <laughs> of course. If you, if you go to and a place. The one time you need to know, uh, uh, it might not work out. If you go to a place like there's a place in Raleigh that's very popular called the Ritz and it's just essentially a warehouse and it's just, there's really, there's a couple of large pillars, but there's really nowhere to hide. And if somebody went up top and started just mowing folks down, they, they would be able to kill dozens of people before anybody even realized really what was going on, particularly with an AR. I mean, I, I hate to think like that, but guess what? I live in America in 2023. I'll tell you, last night, Tuesday night, uh, after dinner, very often, uh, we're sitting at our kitchen table. It's where we talk about kitchen table issues. Yeah. Kitchen table. Anyway, and uh, Jane, my, my wife, is uh, at her laptop doing some follow-up work from the day, and I'm sitting there yeah, looking at an iPad or something and just goofing around, and I'll have basketball on or one of the – when I cable shows on, and I got around to reading the story, which is uh, still available to uh, anybody that wants to see it. Um, the Washington Post drill down and dissertation, really, on what AR-15 rifles and bullets do to a human body. Yeah, I can't recommend that enough. That is a great story. And, well... I started to read it and I broke out into a sweat. Did you really? I got nervous. Yeah. I got ill. Yeah. I had to get up from the table. You know, there are no pictures in here. They're just drawings and cartoons to uh, illustrate what happens, plus the the description of what these bullets do yeah. to uh, people and or children. And when I got to the point where the surgeons say, there's nothing left inside people's bodies. It's all just like uh, like pudding after these bullets have gone through and destroyed right. organs and they tumble and they, they disperse through the body. 
as opposed to a, a wonderful handgun where the bullet just kind of goes straight through you. Which, the, the nine millimeter gives you a chance. It's a very straight line. Unless it hits, you know. Uh, and then you're done. You're yeah. Apart. Then you're but, done. And we're but, especially making the point that children, but, since their organs are so close together, it's also problematic. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are. You get hit with one of these. I understood. And, and these, they kids, did, these kids, the, these kids. The surgeons got did hit. say that. Right. The kids got hit several times from several different. And I couldn't. I had to go sit down. Yeah. And just decompress for, for 20 minutes just from reading about this. And then, of course, the next question becomes, what kind of country do we live in where there is a decades-old industry that has convinced a huge swath of the country, not the majority of it, but enough people, that they need this kind of firepower for any reason and i understand i said well one oh i have to have one i'm out i live out on a farm and i kill the feral pigs with one okay fine <laughs> whatever whatever um, but in general this is you know not a necessary weapon for for uh for protection or or anything of that sort it's a weapon designed to kill as many people as, as violently as quickly as possible before the police show up and then you uh, try to kill them and um, you try to kill them, and boy, the nat boy, holy shit, Nashville, man, they 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 just well, set the standard on on how you handle these situations. It's very clear, as, it, as good as they were, it, you know, you can't get there. It, no. This isn't uh, a it's, movie. This is a Star at, Trek where they're in. So they, there were already six people dead. It's very clear that they've had the discussion. This is not going to be like Uvalde. We're not going to do that. And there are some differences between the two situations, but they decided they're not going to do that. I hope also you read in the Washington Post the piece that Josh Dossie contributed to about how AR-15s are made within about a 30-minute drive of where yep. you live. Mayo Dan, North Carolina, Rockingham County. Hello. Hello. And yeah. um, they've got they've got a, a woman that the they've talked to who is kind of the, the the head of the piece, and they talk about what she does and how she manufactures, and she has a baby on the way, and she doesn't really care about the guns, but they gave her a discount, so she got a nice purple one for her and a red, white, and blue one for her for her husband. Okay, I will buy you a pizza yeah. if you can tell me the substantive difference between that story and a story you might have read 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago about people who make cigarettes for a living in no, a factory no, in yeah. North Carolina. There's no substantive difference. And might not even smoke themselves. Right. They're completely divorced from the product that they manufacture. The pay is great. It's good yeah. for the area that they're yeah. in. It works and for us. So oh, and by us. the way, the Washington Post gave us another chance to remember what a piece of shit Pat McCrory is. His quotes in the piece, really, you know, there were so many, like, he had some good years, and then there were some rough years as governor. Oh, no. They went back to him, and he goes full anti-woke in the piece. Pat McCrory, you may kiss my ass for eternity. Hmm. All right. Uh, how about Don's grand jury taking a break, but rest easy. Trump derangement syndrome patients like us. He's still in a shitload of trouble. Here you go. It feels like that deal where they're waiting for the tr the uh, the Pope to die and for the white smoke to come out of the chimney or something like that. That's what it feels like we're waiting on here. Yeah. Uh, the New York grand jury in the Stormy Daniels payoff case 
Looks like he's going to be taking some time off here. It was supposedly pre-scheduled. Oh, yeah, like Bill O'Reilly's vacations were always scheduled after he got in trouble. <laughs> Those were great. <laughs> Those were fantastic. Uh, Alvin Bragg, the district attorney, can schlep them back in if he wants to at any time. So uh, maybe, and this would be a great one, if Trump got the impression, well, at least I've got another month. And then suddenly Alvin Bragg said, hang on, uh, how about how about Friday? Does that work for you folks? Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, I, I think there are 23 or 24 people on a grand jury and they need 16 of the 23 at any time to be able to convene and and hear evidence. So it's not like they have to have all 23 every time. Yeah. Um, the, the, the rules on grand juries are pretty arcane and 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 pretty pretty weird here but so so that that seems like it's a it's kind of depressing here's the mob boss getting away with it extending the clock moving it out there on and on they go right he does it every time however if you want to give him a w on that one you got to give him an l here the uh donald trump lawyers and damn they're good lawyers they were looking for a summary judgment. In other words, they were looking for the judge to just say, fuck it to the uh, E. Jean Carroll, Donald rape me in Bergdorf Goodman case. Um, but the judge in the case, his name is Judge Lewis Kaplan. He said, denied, denied, just like Susie Orman, denied, denied, denied. The uh, contrast between Mr. Trump's assertions in his uh E. Jean Carroll answer and his October 12th statement show that a reasonable juror could find that his statement had a different effect on a reader than his denial. Okay. In other words, they're calling Trump full of shit. They, no, the judge, he's not a they, he's a he. Um, I guess I'm spooked, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> you're just trying to get along, man. You're just trying to make yeah, your way. The, the rules have changed, and at least you're making the effort. Have, yeah, you have no idea. Right. And you're not bitching about it either. You're not like, oh, my God, it was so much better when I could just say he, he and she. Do you know there was a sitcom called He and She? Was there really? The hell was in that? I can't remember who was in that. It didn't last very long. It wasn't with David Bernie, you know, because he was the Bridget Loves Bernie guy. But who the hell are you? Can you look that one up while we're while I'm Paul Apprentice and Richard Benjamin? There you go. There you go. Also, Jack famous, Cassidy. Jack Cassidy was in that as well. A famous duo, and anything with Jack Cassidy in it, fantastic, right? And that's uh, why they had 26 episodes, ladies and gentlemen, on the CBS television yeah. network in 67 Which, and 68. I want you to think about You know, 26 episodes. Now, if uh, Netflix or Hulu yeah. or Amazon does a series, they will, they will do eight episodes, and then they'll take a break, and a year later, they'll do another eight, and then they'll do, and that's only 24. Okay. So yeah, 26 episodes. Hey, it was three years worth of stuff by modern standards. But I'm not yeah. really appreciating what, uh, how Paul Apprentice looked about 40, 50 years ago. Oh, that's are you kidding? Un underrated as far as uh, you oh. know, today goes. Yeah. No question. Somebody, they don't talk about much these days, but. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the judge says that, that when Trump, accused E. Jean Carroll of making everything up using the H word hoax. Um, the judge said, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, not fair. 
not true. Sorry. The case continues. So yeah, this could be as problematic, maybe more problematic than the, uh, the hush money uh, payoff case. And this is just one. There's, there's several <laughs> other ones that are way bigger than that. We know what they are. We won't go through them. I think isn't a, one, of the, one of the problems with the uh, hush money is that he didn't pay tax on that money, which is, you know, a problem. I think that's a that's a problem that they have as well. Why would he pay tax on it? He was the payer. Well, he's there. There's there's a tax thing that I was I was reading about with someone else. It's, there's an issue with that. Oh, did he so. try to? He might have tried to deduct it. <laughs> it was right. It was a deduction, a business deduction. Pro- <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them to try that. Now that would be without funny. designated exactly what it was, and then lying about it, and you know what? That's the that would uh, get you up Shit's Creek. Stormy, could I get you? Could I get a receipt? Could I get an itemized receipt from you? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That's why I paid cash. Oh, it's oh. a check with my signature on it. Oh, and they oh. did have the uh, they did have the story over the weekend. Apparently, her work is getting more attention online from this whole situation. From you. No, well, maybe, maybe not. Nobody's clocking Because you need to know who and what you're talking about. That's right. Exactly. That's right. All right. Uh, Judge Ludwig speaks out again. You remember during the January 6th hearings that uh, Judge Michael Ludwig, who by all accounts, he was one of these guys that easily, easily could have been a Supreme Court nominee at any point in time and he was Antonin Scalia's good buddy, good friend, cohort, the whole thing. He had the best conservative credentials as a federal judge that you could uh, ever imagine. And he's the guy that Mike Pence spoke to and I guess was probably the last person that he spoke to before January 6th who said to him flat out, "Don't even attempt it. Don't even think that you can overturn the election." Don't even think that Donald Trump has your best interests in mind by you standing up there and rejecting Georgia or Arizona or Nevada's electoral college count. And you need the alternate slate of that's bullshit, Mike. And it turns out that that is the uh, one piece of advice that Mike Pence went with. And therefore, he did what he did on that day. That is completely divorced from everything else that Mike Pence had been doing for the previous you know, over four years and in the uh, period after the election, right before January uh, 6th. But this judge who spoke during the January 6th hearings made it very, very clear that there was no question about it, that Trump was responsible for what happened on that day. Trump was absolutely responsible for that, and he spoke at the University of Georgia Law School last week. Judge Ludwig did, and uh, here's what he says, and it's not very optimistic. With the former president's and his Republican Party's determined denial of January 6th, their refusal to acknowledge that the former president lost the 2020 election fair and square, and their promise that the 2024 election will not be, quote-unquote, stolen from them again, as they maintain as it was in 2020, America's democracy and the rule of law are in constitutional peril still, and there is no 
end to the threat in sight. We are a house divided. Our poisonous politics is fast eating away at the fabric of our society. The Republican Party has made its decision that the war against America's democracy and rule of law, it instigated on January 6th, will go on, prosecuted to its catastrophic end. Judge Michael Luddig, I would hate for the history books to be written with these statements that turn out to be 100% true when we live in some kind of dictatorship. And Well, I guess if we lived in a dictatorship, the words of Judge Luddig would never be allowed to be printed, would they? We wouldn't be allowed to hear about them because they might undercut the, the grand dictator, whoever that might be, in the future. But Judge Luddig is one of those... You, you can't question his credentials and the fact that he is uh, not not a uh, liberal justice or liberal prosecutor or liberal anything, I think gives it a lot more weight and should be paid attention to. But, of course, it won't. It won't. But I thought we would get yeah. that on the record because it's important. It's important stuff. And he sees it. He sees it. it. Go. Did you see that um, clip that uh, media was highlighting that Lawrence O'Donnell picked up about Warren Berger from back in the day? I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that where years ago he he called bullshit on the Second Amendment. He said it was yeah. the greatest fraud on the American public. <laughs> I mean, Warren Berger, one of the all time most well known jurists anyway on the in Supreme Court history, and this has been God. I think. 45, 47 years ago, something like that, when he said it. Well, what did he know? Uh, what, what, you know, what did he know? <laughs> yeah, what the, what the fuck do you know? If you knew anything, you'd have an AR named after you, sir. Yeah. There's the yeah. there's the piece. It's a fraud on the American public because he points to the what? thing that a lot of us point to. The yes, shall not be infringed is in the Second Amendment, but also the words well and regulated. Right next to militia. Well and regulated. Oh, there you go again with your little your, your little nitpick there, right? Uh, this I, think the, uh, this this I think we can play it. You want to play it? Yeah, go for it. it. All right. That's got uh, Lawrence O'Donnell at the beginning, I'm pretty sure. There was a time when Republicans were no more in favor of gun rights than Democrats were. But then Republican campaign pollsters found the sliver of the electorate that cares obsessively about guns and added them to the sliver of the electorate that cares obsessively about stopping all abortions and added them to the electorate that hates taxes and liberals. And that became their only formula for winning elections. Conservative Republican President Richard Nixon chose the conservative Warren Burger to be Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, knowing that Warren Burger would steer the court in a more conservative direction, which he did. But the one thing that Warren Berger could not abide was the fetishism about the Second Amendment that he saw beginning to develop when he was Chief Justice. Here is Chief Justice Berger in 1991, five years after he retired from the Supreme Court. If I were writing the Bill of Rights now, there wouldn't be any such thing as the Second Amendment. Which says? That's uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of the state 
the people's rights to bear arms. This has been the subject of one of the greatest pieces of fraud. I repeat the word fraud on the American public by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Now just look at those words. There are only three lines to that amendment. A well-regulated militia. If the militia, which was going to be the state army, was going to be well-regulated, why shouldn't 16 and 17 and 18 or any other age persons be regulated in the use of arms the way an automobile is regulated? That's just crazy shit. That's just crazy shit. You know that. Because that's an automobile, point. that's a privilege, not a right. And cars are not mentioned in the Constitution. Nice try, asshole. And, and by the way, this doesn't even count because you know where he said this? He was on the McNeil-Lair report. Oh, yeah. And, and it was one of those where uh, Charlene Hunter-Galt was uh, speaking to Justice Berger, and, and we know what she's all about, so yeah. I, I don't count it at all. They didn't even let the top guys interview him. I mean, come on. Exactly. He's such a, he's such a junior they, varsity. He's a they forced him to say that. We know that. <laughs> he's a ham and egger. He was, absolutely. Not hanging out with some broad. We don't want some broad giving us our news back in that day. Yeah. Imagine someone back then with the foresight to be able to see forward that the gun thing – was going to be the basis of an entire political party's platform and underpinnings. For I mean, he's a pretty smart guy, <laughs> and he and he and he, he he called it like he he saw it. I don't know what his uh, actual rulings were, if there were any, but uh, on guns. But remember, this isn't. Um, he he's chief justice. I'm pretty sure he was chief justice when the legislation or he was probably right afterwards because Nixon appointed him, you know, the legislation right after the assassinations of uh, Robert F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King resulted in the, the last real substantial gun control legislation in the country's history, which gets us back to, again, one of the original building blocks of the Brad and Brick cast, yeah. which is it takes really, really famous people to get killed. And it doesn't really, it doesn't, I mean, it, even, even Steve Scalise took a bullet himself and he's still a huge raging asshole about this. Oh, but I'm, I'm talking about, for instance, now during these, uh, mass shootings. With, oh, like uh, if it was Ben Affleck's kids or like if it was Nashville, exactly. yeah. Like, if, one of, like if, if, if Luke Bryan's kid or somebody like that, got, yeah. With, or Jason yeah. Aldean's or something And Jason Aldean, who of course was performing. And, and rem yeah, remember, so this happened in Nashville. Yeah. And well, this is at a, at a Christian school. So the chances that a celebrity child yeah. might have been there yeah. were, were uh, pretty high. It didn't happen. But just like on January 6th, I'm sticking with this one until the cows come home. If we would have had some senators or Congress people killed, or if Mike Pence would have been killed, things would be different right now possibly they would be different right now um, uh, no donald trump wouldn't still be president i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about the the reaction to the violence in other words uh having several police officers die and then officer sicknick dying a couple days later that doesn't move the needle doesn't count but it doesn't move the needle nah. and uh, i know Britt, you're ignoring ashley babbitt oh uh, hero yeah. she's the hero. statue should be uh being built right now. Where is she from? Ohio, somewhere. They, they might be doing it for all that we know. 
Right, right. I'm, I'm, Isn't I'm uh, what Larry, what Lawrence O'Donnell is talking about when the Republicans decided they were going to embrace the guns, guns, guns kind of situation? Isn't it sort of a natural offshoot of Nixon's law and order situation? Like we're going to and what law and order really meant is we're going to keep those black folks down and keep them from from robbing you. That's essentially we're going to keep them from being so uppity. And I think an offshoot of that is, well, just in the case that the police can't protect you, we want you white people to have all the guns that you want to keep the marauding hordes of minorities away from your house. You can come up with uh, any kind of cattywampus explanation as to how evil and how cynical the whole idea is of uh, rolling with the, the gun nuts for decades to come but uh recall that when ronald reagan was governor of california years before i think he was governor of california from 64 to to 68 or something like that um he was all in for gun control because the black panthers had the guns because that's right the black militants had guns Right. And so suddenly Ronald Reagan decided, you know, I'm, I'm, this whole gun control thing might not be a bad idea because it's going to include that. And of course, that lasted as long as he was governor mm-hmm. of California. And when he was president, of course, he was shot by a black guy. Right. Oh, wait, no, wait. No, I, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. It was. But, but again, um, was being shot himself enough to turn Ronald Reagan into someone for whom, you know, it, it took James Brady, his press secretary's wife, Sarah Brady, yeah. to uh, do the things that she did to get some legislation passed. But again, it was uh, really not proportionate to the dangers that we face because look where we are right now. If, if Fox News had existed at that time, James Brady would have practically been labeled a child molester on Fox news for campaigning for what he did. He would have been the worst piece of shit on earth for doing what he did. Yeah. Yeah. He was using the fact that he got shot right. and disabled right. to trample on your rights. That's just not fair. It's like Gabby Giffords. She has no right to say anything. <laughs> That's right. Shut up, Gabby. <laughs> Shut up. You're, you're lucky. We let you get well again. Okay. <laughs> <You're lucky. laughs> I mean, it's sad, but it's true. They would have dragged fucking James Brady up and down the road, man. And, and, and not, not only that, she, through her husband, used that for political advantage. He's a senator, yeah. Mark Kelly from Arizona. I mean, come on. How much better does it get? We know, we know what Democrats will do to win elections. It was, I bet immediately when she got shot there in Tucson, she was like, man, I got to I got to make sure we capitalize this. We got to get Mark in the Senate immediately. Yeah. Even though she could barely speak for several yeah, well, years. Yeah. Well, OK, but, there's blah, 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 blah. bleeding heart. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, last in the series here, last in the series uh, today, Wednesday in North Carolina, it was made official um in this state north carolina buying a handgun you used to need to get permission from your local sheriff yeah not so much anymore you still need a federal background check to buy from a licensed dealer but now they're going to treat handgun purchases just like rifles and 
shotguns. And, uh, of course, we have a red-blue divide on everything. The State Sheriff's Association backed the charge, but there was dissent from the Democratic sheriffs in the largest counties of North Carolina, where the non-moron population, for the most part, resides. We, uh, Pistol permit repeal takes effect immediately. The Alamance County Sheriff's Office, Alamance County, I got to tell you something, that is, uh, that is on the, the road to 1941, uh, that county. Yeah. Yep. They announced right after the vote that it would no longer issue permits, including permits already applied for but not yet issued. Jeez, um, God Almighty! So, uh, two days after a shooting at a school in Nashville, North Carolina's answer: make it easier to get guns. The pistol permit system gone. It's been a get real. It's been a real um, crisis of confidence or conscience for some people in North Carolina because the, in North Carolina, particularly in the rural counties, the sheriff has a lot of power. It's also true in some of the bigger counties, but in the, in the smaller counties, it's definitely true. And some of the larger counties in North Carolina over the past few years have gotten black sheriffs, which makes a couple of people uncomfortable. Not, not terribly happy about the way things are going on. Well, look at that guy in New York going after Trump. He's a racist. <laughs> There you go. What about that woman in Atlanta going after Trump? She's a racist. <laughs> what about that guy in Washington with the beard going after Trump? He's a racist. Yeah, let's call out the real racists around here. Real racists. All right. uh, that's it. Although I feel like my prediction ready. yesterday of red flag laws for transgender folks, I feel like that's just simmering beneath the surface. I feel like we've got a red flag law that the Republicans can really get behind, Brad. I, I'm a little bit uncomfortable right now with the telling of the story of the shooter in Nashville with the sweepingly broad, nonspecific, what are you supposed to do? Make up your own story that's being used to describe the shooter who was uh, supposedly under some kind of therapy for, quote, emotional distress, unquote. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, emotional distress is not a is not an actual illness, okay? Right. Right. I had emotional distress yesterday after reading that story about the the bullets and the destruction that they they wreak on a human body coming out of an AR fifteen. That's emotional distress. Yeah. Uh, for this for this person and, i don't know and this is somebody who's 28 who apparently really was living at home right yeah the narrative talking about the parents the parents the parents the person's 28 well the, the but the narrative's already been sailing but they've already run with the narrative those on the right have figured out that this is a transitioning person and that's why this happened and why don't you why don't you lefties own up to it transgender calling people to transition makes them into mass murderers that's the that's the narrative. That's what they got. It's on the tracks. It's already headed but down. Being, you can't stop it. But, but being a 19-year-old male who's never, never been on a date, 